With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Clap, clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands Podcast. Hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. It's the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Gillio. 215-592-9494 is how you join us. We'll get back to the phone lights here in a few minutes. Talking trade slay, keep Bradbury. And level of worry, panic. I, I'm hitting the panic button on this defense. A lot of departures, coaching changes, Denard Wilson gone. We'll get back to all that in the Eagles. But let's talk some Sixers here. We're to our guy, Kyle Newbeck, of Kyle. course, from Philly Voice and one half of the Clap Your Hands podcast along with Elliot Shore Parks after, I would say, one of the biggest wins in a long time for the Sixers on Saturday. Kyle, how you doing tonight? I'm hanging in, fellas. How we doing? Pretty good, pretty good. So can we put those James Harden rumors to rest about him going back to Houston? Can we do that now since he balled out this weekend? <laughs> Listen, I wish I could put him to rest. I do think there's plenty of smoke there. So, you know, James is very fond of Houston and, and all that. So that is not going to go away. But but look at it this way. James Harden is not winning in Houston the way he can potentially win here. True. And he has been awesome this season. Like, I, I mean, if you were a James Harden optimist coming into this year thinking this is a bounce back year that he's going to get his legs under him, look healthier, look better – even if you were of that mindset, I think he has far exceeded any kind of reasonable expectations for how good he can be. He has been an awesome number two to Joel Embiid. And, you know, I think that's the biggest reason that I have more belief that they can contend for a title this year. So, Kyle, what, what do you think this is with Harding? Because we all saw it last year. He got here and it was, you know, he had like four or five good games at the beginning. And then he had the one good playoff game against Miami. But it was a lot of uh, blah, you know, compared to what he used to be. Versus this year where it's been more of that really impressive play. If you had to guess what's going on here, is this a resurgence? Is this he's just healthy and he really wasn't last year? Is this a contract drive? We've seen many athletes have those great contract years because they want one more big deal. Like, What do you think's happening here with Harden? Because he's certainly turned the clock back a little bit. Well, I think it's a combination of all those, those things, Joe. I mean, I, I do think he's healthier. We saw Chris Paul go through a very similar down year after he had a very similar injury when him and Harden played in Houston. And then he has a, a bounce back year in Houston, another great year when he goes to Phoenix. And I, I think this is just an injury that it, it took James some time to, to get his legs under him and get right. I do think he also felt maybe a little disrespected for people thinking that he was cooked. I mean, this is a guy that was a perennial MVP candidate for years and years. I mean, they probably would have won multiple awards if not for Giannis Antetokounmpo. So uh, he had something to prove in the offseason. 
Then he gets snubbed for an all-star appearance, which I thought was the wrong decision. I thought he absolutely deserved to be at that game. And the contract year part is another thing. Like this guy has all the motivation in the world to go out, show and prove, whether that's financially, whether that's just a, a personal pride and you know, appreciation for the craft type of thing. And I also think another part of it is that Joel Embiid is better than he's ever been. And so to have, you know, an MVP level top five player in the league type level guy next to him that can shoulder the load on any given night. And then James can be that number two guy and pick his spots and play the right way. I mean, I just, I think it has been a great situation for James and a great situation for the team to have him as the number two guy here. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why does it feel like sometimes that this team is a little bit inconsistent, though? Because, you know, like, like to be in total fairness, I've only seen a few games, but the, the games that I have seen since I've been back in Philadelphia, they seem a little bit Dow Jonesy. That means they were like up and down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. I mean, some of it comes down to effort, quite frankly. Like these guys, because they're as talented as James and Joel are, you can tell they go through stretches where, you know, it, it's a, a mid-February, late-January game against an opponent that they're, they're not revved up for, and it shows. They go down 10 points, 15 points, or they give away a big lead that they probably shouldn't have. I think the the end of this season, the, throughout March, they're on the road constantly. They have a lot of back-to-backs. And people have been saying, you know, this is a really tough stretch for them. I almost think it works the opposite way, where this is good for them, and this is going to make them compete hard every single night. And that that's honestly been one of their biggest problems. But you don't have the luxury to rest when you're playing five games in seven nights or three games in four nights, and they're all on the road. And you know, you're battling for seeding. You could very well pass somebody like a Boston or, or a Milwaukee and end up with home court in a series against them in the playoffs. So, I mean, these guys should be motivated right now, are motivated right now, and I think you, you saw that in the way that they were able to come back against Milwaukee on Saturday. Kyle, we always talk about the second round because that's been the glass ceiling for this team, you know, the last four or five years. But obviously every year is different, and, and, and the league is, is fluid. How good is the Eastern Conference this year? Just independent of the Sixers, obviously they're part of the mix near the top. But how good is the East? Because as I look at it right now, Kyle, I, I was surprised when I saw this this morning. The Knicks are on their, their pretty good run right now, and they beat the Celtics last night. The Knicks are fifth in the Eastern Conference. They have more wins than the team that is second in the West. How good do you believe one, two, three, four, five in the East are? You know, you compare it to the West, or just compare it to the last few years in the East. I mean, depending on how Phoenix shakes out with the addition to Kevin Durant, but they also lose a lot of depth pieces and, you know, we'll see how that goes. I think you could make an argument that the best three teams in the league are in the Eastern conference. Like I, I have that much respect for the Sixers Celtics and bucks that I think whoever comes out of the East, I would probably pick as the presumed favorite in a series. Now I, I reserve the right to change that if, uh, Kevin Durant plays like he did yesterday against Dallas and it's scoring, you know, 37 points a game and him and Devin Booker and Chris Paul coalesce before the playoffs. But 
look, I think all three of these teams in the East share something in common. They are potentially great two-way teams that can both score a ton of points and lock teams down when it matters. I think Joel Embiid is basically the defensive guy in Philly where the other teams have a lot more depth on the defensive side of the ball. But then you even go, to your point, further down the conference, I mean, Cleveland at number four, they've given Boston some problems this year. They're actually playing tonight, I believe, so we'll see how that matchup looks. That could be a potentially interesting second-round series. The Knicks are on fire. I think the Heat are this, like, zombie team that nobody really wants to face, despite the fact that they haven't been that good this year. They're just always tough. They're well-coached. They're disciplined. So, yeah, I mean, I think the Eastern Conference is clearly the superior conference this year. But, you know, Kevin Durant could change all of that. So we'll see. Because, you know, he's been balling these last couple of games since I think he's a really resilient, mentally tough kid. He's as hard a worker as you're going to find in the NBA. I think anybody who's around him or has worked with him will tell you that same thing. So I think he is finally starting to settle in, and and he realizes. I think he's kept a good perspective throughout all this. That, look, like, yeah, maybe my role is going to change night to night, and maybe I won't close this game because we do need a, a defensive stopper in a certain situation. But I think he understands and appreciates that, this is a rare opportunity to potentially go and compete. And he actually said as much the other day that, you know, that's been the guiding line for him, that he knows that having somebody like Joel and a a number two, like James on a team at the same time does not happen very often. And he's trying to, uh, to treasure this while he has it. Tyler, I always think there's two parts to a team changing their identity um, within themselves and then the fan base. Like we could, we talk every day about this team and how they're doing. It's like, 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 uh, like he was saying, like Dow Jonesy, right? Up and down, up and down. And we, we kind of figure out what side we want to be on. When you observe the team, especially after a win Saturday night, where do you think they're at? Like, do you think the Sixers believe deep down they're, they're ready to win a title? Like, cause I think that it's almost like the Phillies last year, right? Like the, the town had to be convinced they could be, they could be a championship kind of team. And then eventually the town was, but I also thought at some point the, the switch flipped for the Phillies last October where they realized like, Hey, we could do this. Do you think the Sixers are there after all these exits or is it going to take something in the playoffs for them to like, to feel it? I do think there's a level of belief. I mean, if they had beaten the Boston Celtics last week, which I guess that's the the final hurdle that this group needs to clear before the end of the regular season, I think there'd be no doubt because, look, they've beaten Milwaukee twice. They've beaten both of the top two teams in the West. I actually think, you know, the, the rosters have changed since then, but they have wins against, I believe, all the top five teams in the West. So, they have a collection of awesome wins against great competition all throughout this season. They have a lot of comeback wins too. They have the most 15 plus point comebacks of any team in the league. So, you know, I think in years past, Joe, we would watch this team go down by 10, 15 points and everybody would kind of just assume, well, they're going to pack it in. This game's over. They're not mentally tough enough. Whereas this year, this team has proven they can pull themselves off the mat when things get tough and they can play through a, a tough shooting night or a tough game. Like, I don't even think they played their best game of basketball against Milwaukee the other night, but they turned in that incredible fourth quarter led by James Harden, and they're somehow able to win a really tough game on the road on their third game of four nights. So I do think that there is a level of belief that is growing for this season. 
Great stuff. Kyle, when is the next Clap Your Hands podcast out? Uh, probably on Wednesday after this back-to-back that has tonight and Tuesday. So you check it out on Wednesday. I would Sounds good, Kyle. We appreciate it. Looking forward to more of these uh, spots as we head towards the postseason. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks for having me on, guys. Good man. There he goes. Kyle Newbeck, Philly Voice.